The year is 1994. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Year. Welcome to My Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club going through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, your comic book journeyman, and today I am joined, again, by Charlotte. She's the only podcast host who can wield dual katanas, decapitate a dozen ninjas while riding a unicorn, and eating a fully loaded chili dog. Did someone say diarrhea? Hi, Charlotte. Welcome to the show. Hi. So actually, I have four katanas. Uh, two of them are in my, between my toes. Um, which is, it's hard, <laughs> they're hard to wield, but uh, they're effective, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, actually, that is very in the spirit of Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, I'm like, sure there's a Deadpool oh, comic where two he's katanas? wielding blades no. with his feet. Fifteen katanas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did someone say foot fetish? Deadpool probably did at some points, yeah. <laughs> I'm positive he has talked about a foot fetish. I'm positive times. he has a wiki <laughs> yeah. page. <laughs> There's there's almost certainly a Deadpool comic where we see him on Wiki Feet, right? Like oh, yeah. like other <laughs> And if there isn't there needs to be on Wiki Feet. <laughs> so uh with this intro, uh this is <laughs> we're we're talking about a Deadpool miniseries, which we we've talked about Deadpool a bit before, but this year is gonna be the the true intro of like Deadpool as I think people know him. It's it's not fully the the memified two thousands Deadpool, but like this is the first real wink of that, at least to me, as well as some Gambit comics. And then Marvel Comic presents some new Anne Nascenti comics, which is very exciting. Before I get into that, uh, if you want to read along with the show, you can find all the episodes in the show notes or over at My Marvelous Year on Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to our spreadsheet with the entire My Marvelous Year list as it's being updated year by year. You can get access to our Slack channel, um, some bonus episodes we do, and what else? Uh, oh, early access to My Ultimate Year, uh, our side podcast that Charlotte and I do going through the entirety of the Ultimate Universe of Marvel. And uh, reviews over on Apple Podcast are very welcome. Thank you very yes, much. And on Spotify now. Recently. Oh, yeah, on Spotify. If you listen Spotify. on Spotify, just, uh, yeah, that would be great. I don't know if they have reviews, but just No, rating. I think it's just rating. Um, that, that's... Yeah, but that's that's very helpful. So I uh, appreciate anyone who does that. Thank you. Okay, Charlotte, you want to get into the comics? Yeah, let's go. Um, All right. So, oh, sorry. Do you want to you want to take? Oh, it no, off? no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were <laughs> giving me to me. Uh, okay, so Deadpool number one through number four. This is a, a little mini series here. It is written by Mark Wade, penciled by Ian Churchill, and it is this is the beginning. It, it, I guess it's the beginning of. Deadpool as we know him, but it's also the first time we're um, we're seeing Mark Wade in Marvel. He's been working over at DC for quite a while now, since like the late '80s, I think about four or five years at this point. Okay, and he's going to be this enormous name in comics, an enormous name at Marvel. And I haven't read that much of his stuff, but like he's uh, he's doing Flash right now. His run at Flash is going on at DC, which is like kind of an all-time talked-about run. Uh, he's going to take over Captain America. 
at yeah. Marvel soon. He's going to be doing, I think, Avengers later in the 90s. And what else? There's another big run that he does. Um, I can't remember. But yeah, yeah he, he's he's this big, prolific name. Do, are you familiar with his stuff? N- only by name. I don't know that I've ever read any of his stuff. Like, I know he's hmm. quite a big name, yeah. but uh, I don't like... Yeah, I know he's done Captain America. I don't think I've read any of his, of his Captain America. Same for Flash, same for Avengers. But uh, yeah, I'm curious about... Uh, okay. Yeah, he does Fantastic yeah. Four. He does Daredevil. Oh, he's, yeah, he's just one of these guys who's going to come into... Yeah, right. He's going to come to Marvel and just like have a, a good solid run. I think pretty well-considered runs on like a lot of their biggest titles. Yeah. Um, so like I'm, I'm interested to get to this, his stuff. I haven't read that much of his work on, on anything. I've read um, some of his work. He, he was uh, editor-in-chief and CCO of Boom Comics and he wrote Irredeemable oh, yeah. and Incorruptible, which is like... What if Superman actually just turned bad and tried to destroy the Earth? Uh, what with irredeemable idea. and uh, <laughs> I, you know what? I, I <laughs> it's true, right? <laughs> but I, I think at least like two two thousand nine, maybe it wasn't quite so worn out. Yeah, um, yeah I guess of an idea. I, th- I think maybe like like his series might be the one <laughs> that would like put the nail in the coffin because people quite like that. I think I read it. Uh, I don't know. I guess about a decade ago, I thought it was okay. Yeah, um, kind of interesting. Yeah, he really commits to it, <laughs> you know, uh, which is which is kind of interesting. Okay. So anyway, Mark, Mark Wade comes here and kind of defines Deadpool yeah. a little bit uh, by making him like kind of a nonstop smart act. Like like they've been describing him as a merc with a mouth, but like I haven't felt that. Have you? Like I mean, he's mostly been insufferable. <laughs> I think, but I think Mark Wade finds the yeah. heart of having him both be funny or at least humorous. While having a like a tragic core to the character, which I think uh, he finds mm-hmm. the balance between the two here, and in the way that will um, go on uh, in modern times. Yeah, and like I like that you said humorous, not necessarily funny. Yeah. Because yeah, like there's a there's a lot of jokes here. They don't all land. A couple of them landed for me. A couple were pretty funny, but like yeah. for the most part, it's kind of like I mean, one of my least favorite things in comics. Um, or just in writing period on TV, whatever, is when you have characters who are like, that the writers are like, well, this guy's supposed to be annoying. Like, that's his character is that he's like kind of insufferable. But then they just give a lot of focus to how annoying he is. And like, like the the idea that like, if the other characters around them are constantly pointing out like, yeah, shut up, Wade, then it's not annoying to me personally, the reader. Like I'm having this with, um, I'm reading Marv Wolfman and George Perez's Teen Titans and Beast Boy in that is just like, incredibly obnoxious and chauvinist and just irritating everybody but like the other team titans are constantly talking about how irritating he is and i'm like but yeah you're writing him and he's still irritating to me too so like (laughs) it's not you know it's not an out just to like make the other characters hate him yeah because i also hate reading this guy so like there's there's a touch of that with deadpool but it's not uh it it mostly works okay here yeah is is the rick jones school of character writing i think (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i guess so um uh, yeah i you know i mean at least with with rick jones like that well the thing is i i guess what the the difference is with deadpool and like with beast boy um in these cases it's like people are like oh you're so irritating but like yeah. yet we still are kind of attracted to you and want to like hang out with them and you know it's not like rick jones where people actually just berate him yeah. and just like rick you need to get a life <laughs> and like i mean i'm not talking to you like i'm we're getting a divorce. And we're not it's reading like, the uh, four-issue Rick Jones miniseries, too. Oh, I, I don't know. what The Earth 4? What? What? 
I, said, I heard the Earth 4 Rick Jones miniseries. <laughs> I said we are not reading a Rick Jones miniseries. Oh, what I don't know what I heard. Okay, <laughs> uh, yes, that, that's true also, yeah. Um, I, the, not, I, I don't want to say, like, I, I'm not really that mad at Deadpool here. There's just a little of that, like, like specifically Siren is around him the whole time and is just like, stop sexually harassing me. But at the same time, she's yeah. still like, Wade, no, like, you're very brave and like, having growing affection for him. Despite the yeah, fact I think that, the like, worst of it is her. the way he behaves towards Siren. I think overall yeah. he's not that obnoxious. It's really like these, yeah, sexual harassment stuff. That's uh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All, all that. I mean that <laughs> that stuff is so wild in comics. Like the way that that stuff just is like. I, I'm reading um, Dan Slott's She-Hulk from like the early mistake. 2000s, like 2000. It's yeah. I finished John Burns, and you know it's funny because it's like if people are like, yeah, John Burns She Hulk is kind of sexist. It's like, well, move on to Dan Slotts because Dan Slotts yeah. is pretty egregious. There, there's some good stuff there that's keeping me interested, but um, there's something in there where like uh, some female character is being um, like grabbed by a villain, and uh, and then they like break her free. And oh god, what's the guy's name? I can't remember. It, they they make some joke about how like uh you know like you're you're being uh, groped and uh and she's just like yeah you would know all about that and he's just like heh never mind and it like it's just played like oh this is funny like my coworker has a, a reputation for groping me and it's like a team yeah. of heroes with like nova on the team that kind of stuff where it's just like playful banter to talk about how like the women have to constantly deal with yeah. <laughs> being like groped and harassed is uh yeah it's uh, it's very of the time anyway that's not really here that much. Deadpool makes some, like, crude comments, but, like, overall, I think it's fine. I mean, but this is the beginning of, like, Deadpool saying stuff like, you know, his bar, the bar he's in that he likes to drink at gets destroyed. And he goes, do you have any idea how hard it is to find a joint that'll serve a guy in a mask and a bandolier? They won't even let me into Taco Bell. Right? Yeah. Like, just kind of more goo. I mean, kind of leaning into, like, Spider-Man banter almost, right? Like, there- there's not that much daylight between him and Spider-Man now except yeah, for he's like more edgy spider-man i think right it, it's like the setting he's in right yeah. like he's a a guy who's killing people but he has the like the the uh the tone of yeah. spider-man in like the way that he banters even though he's doing a bunch of murdering right in the immortal words of clark what's his name up up and away right stuff like that um yeah. so this the, the story here is uh black tom is our favorite you know couple to him? i don't and i have not, i think what? was it from the previous miniseries i can't remember i honestly can't remember i, I yeah that one that one really left my uh yeah but oh, like, here okay I, I'm how up happy on the were you page. to have jagatam back <laughs> our oh, favorite God, i know I, lo- I love that i love that really so much like it's it's <laughs> it's really really easy to like it, it's so funny how easy it is to read them as a couple yeah like, i know um and, and I, I'm, I, I don't, I don't want, I never want to rain on anyone's like shipping parades, right? Uh, yeah. N- not really, but like there is, there is part of me that's kind of like, yeah, but you know, like two boys can be friends, right? Like male, platonic male friendship is good to show, and you know, like it's not always gay, right? Because like I think like a a platonic male friendship is something that can be like important to illustrate. So like, the the instinct to always see two male friends and like to ship them is sometimes where i'm like yeah but like it is good to, it's still good to see them as friends because that's also like an important 
form of relationship that is weirdly underrepresented. Um, but in this case, it's so clear, <laughs> right? Like, Juggernaut <laughs> loves Black Tom so much. Like, he's so concerned for him, and it's so sweet. <laughs> I, 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 they I have really more like chemistry um, than Rogan Gambit. Sorry, 90s oh, totally, fans. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, because it's not, like, I mean... Maybe it's just because it's not tortured and it's not this like will they won't they yeah like, oh, they will want to, they but do yeah it's it's just <laughs> right it's just like Black Tom my friend I need you like I can't I can't let him leave my sight for one moment yeah and, you know like he's just so concerned with him and and that juxtaposed with like their personalities of being these like hyper aggressive men but having this like real soft spot for each other that is also like built on nothing plot wise right there's no like really good it's it's not like the wrecking crew where it's yeah. just like yeah they're thematically similar things or they're brothers or there's some like deep-rooted history it's just like you yeah, know they just teamed together. up once in 76 <laughs> and haven't been able to get their hands off each other since <laughs> exactly it's so good um i'm on the uh the wiki fandom for him Apparently, he was shot after being shot by cable. Tom was taken to France, where doctors grafted a wood-like substance onto his wounds, healing him and allowing him to channel his bio blasts directly through his fists. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of healthcare you get in uh, socialist France, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Famously socialist. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, well, that's my perception as an American. Uh, anyway, so the the story here is he breaks him out. This like Woody virus thing has taken over his body um they want to go get deadpool because he has the healing factor and they need like his cells this doctor needs his cells in order to like heal black tom the the story is like a little weird and loose and kind of like i'm never i'm often unsure of why people are as mad as they are or why they're not like talking (laughs) right like (laughs) yeah because like I think by the end, they could have... I mean, they wouldn't have, but they could have just asked Deadpool. Like, they don't need to kill totally, him to totally. get the cue, yeah. I don't think. So, and they basically do at the end, but yeah, it feels weird that it had to take three issues for this to resolve. Yeah, well, and Deadpool's hand gets cut off at some point and, like, gets brought to Black Tom. And then, like, that seemingly cures him, even though it, like, gives him this intense pain... But then there's yeah. still, like, a big fight, and you're not even, like, at one point, I'm not sure why Deadpool is even breaking in to fight them anymore. Like, I, the, the motivations become just a little blurry. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I do want to say, I kind of like Mark Wade's writing, like, his 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 craft of, like, making this comic. Mm-hmm. I overall kind of like because he he's, um, as, as talkative as Deadpool is, Mark Wade does not fill these pages with, like text and text and text and dialogue and dialogue yeah right like he, he does let the art breathe these don't these go down pretty easy like I, I think the character stuff is lacking a little bit like character motivation and like the stakes are a little unclear at times but like overall everything flows pretty well it's not bogged down it, it's helped by the art i think the art's um actually pretty nice by ian churchill it's kind of like if yeah. rob liefeld knew how to control a page <laughs> i think like and knew how to like do an interesting page layout um it uh, it looks okay a lot of the time like, yeah it, it feels like an like, elevated rob Liefeld, i think uh art wise mm-hmm. totally um yeah yeah that's like that's a good way of putting yeah. it yeah. There, i think it's still, there like, are some fun character role. moments like that you maybe wouldn't get like for example in the in the life comic it, it's small stuff but like there's a Watchmen reference of um, Juggernaut stealing uh, Deadpool's mask, 
and Wade saying give me back my face which is both a, wa- a Watchmen reference and a good character m- moment for him like that makes sense to him and that's uh, that piles up on how ashamed of his uh, physical appearance he is and uh, all that I think it works well there's um, like there there's Sarin and Benshi that are in the comics because they're from the same family as I don't think if they're cousins or if Benshi is his brother I can't remember like they're the same family and yeah, when um, Black Tom's mercenaries started a- attacking and he realizes Sarin is in the crossfire he calls them like he tells them to not hurt her like quite in an angry way which I, I that was interesting to have him not be a uh, like usually Juggernaut is his only soft stop spot and he's Outside of that, he's just the villain. He, that's his only characteristic. And that's interesting to mm-hmm. kind of complicate that. But, I mean, it doesn't go very, very far. But it's, like, small things that you wouldn't find in a Rob Liefeld comic, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I, you're, you're, you're spot on that, like, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't take itself quite as seriously, right? But, like, yeah. it's, it's that weird thing where, like, Rob Liefeld... Like, he wants the comics to be super serious, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like he takes the character seriously. Like, he thinks yeah, his exactly. plots are very serious, but the characters are not, like, like th- that's not the part that's important to him. And, like, yeah, yeah, the characters are much more at the forefront here. Even if I think, like, the actual story that they're put into feels a little sometimes just, like, yeah. rushing forward and needing to, like, hit these beats without clearly investing us in what's going on. Um, oh, Siren's uh, Banshee's daughter, by the way. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know with with whom. Um, I'm not sure like who the her mother is, and also like when when no this came idea. about. Yeah, I guess I'm looking her up right now. I guess she because I think she was raised in... by Black Tom or something like that. Yeah, there's uh, there's something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because that's why like Black Tom is uh is so yeah. like adamant that she'd be protected. Um, she's fine here. She's kind of just a generic love interest for yeah. Deadpool I guess like I don't really love how she's written because she's mostly like that thing we we're saying like oh I'm being sexually harassed by him but like at the same time he like wins over her heart yeah and whatever um I guess she's been around since 1980 she's introduced in Spider-Woman 37 in 1980 okay yeah. I know she, yeah, I know she's whatever. been around for a while I I wouldn't have guessed she was introduced in Spider-Woman <laughs> yeah yeah well you know you I think weird, she weird is she in X-Force currently I think yeah, 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 that's what it looks like, yeah. is that she's, uh, well, X-Factor, maybe. Oh, okay. I don't know. Never mind, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I think she's yeah, any, anything else about this? I'm, uh, th- like, th- this is Deadpool becoming the Deadpool we're talking about. It's not quite like yeah. Deadpool doing the, like, he's not he's not breaking the fourth wall. He's not, like, fully in meme mode. He's not, you know, like, the narwhal bacons at midnight kind of stuff. <laughs> but, like, it's, uh, yeah, it's starting, it's starting to, like, lean that way a little bit. Yeah, I, it's. I think this is the most um, the most I've been able to tolerate the like '90s X um, X Force side of uh, of Marvel, like the X Force Weapon X uh, mm-hmm. stuff around mm-hmm. Wolverine and Deadpool. And this, like, okay, I think it has a more. It chooses which character to use better. Like, you don't need uh, to have cameos by uh, everyone from. Uh, Weapon X to to George W. Bridge to anyone like you have <laughs> your two <Yes>. villains, <laughs> right, your yeah. two heroes. That's yeah. good enough. You don't have to to have everyone cameo in. And um, yeah, Black Tom and Juggernaut are fun. Like I I want I, I want to see more of them. I I I don't know that they have that much uh, presence in more modern Marvel. 
I think most of that stuff is in the. 80s, uh, I mean, 90s. I know, I know, Black Tom. Yeah, I know Black Tom's around in like the uh, you know the House of X. Era, yeah, but, then, but like, like they're not together. I don't know how much he really gets to do. Yeah, right. Which is what we want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah give the fans what they want. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah. The, so yeah, I'm I'm mostly I'm I'm a little less excited about just like more Deadpool in the future. Like yeah. I'm I'm hope I'm hoping that like Deadpool works for me more than I think it will because <laughs> I haven't actually given Deadpool that much of a chance. But like it kind of it doesn't seem like it's gonna be fully my thing. Um, but this made me more excited to see Mark Wade on non like Liefeld Jim Lee properties. Like I'm excited yeah. <laughs> to see him what he can do with like Captain America and what he can do with the Avengers and kind of properties I, I care more yeah. uh, about a little bit. So um, speaking of properties I don't care about or care I don't know it's not a seg- it's not Is a segue Gambit. Uh, Gambit. <laughs> uh he's uh i mean you know yes <laughs> he is technically intellectual property from marvel <laughs> yeah no yeah um but he uh th- this is a mini series about gambit uh dave has written on his my marvelous <laughs> year list this is the cajun's first mini series don't read this if you don't already like gambit <laughs> um we should have listened do to you him. like gambit charlotte <laughs> I don't, yeah, do you do you like Gambit? Or are I you don't dislike Gambit? Gambit. I just don't care about him. I think. He's, yeah, you know what? That's exactly kind of boring. Exactly I mean, he I he's not he's like the embodiment of. I before reading him in the the club, I didn't know I hadn't read any comic about him, so I was curious about learning more stuff. Like, what was his deal? And uh, and it's basically nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. When when I think about Gambit, I'm like, yeah, the character is fine. Like, I don't love the character, but like, I'm not annoyed by him. And I'm, you know, I I, I could see myself being interested in a Gambit comic. And you know, ho- hopefully, this is not annoying. I know people love Gambit. There's a lot of like Gambit fans out there. And like, I actually would love to hear like what it is about Gambit that yeah. you like. Is it is it just that he's horny all the time? Because I do know that's <laughs> a, you know like people do love that about Gambit. They just love that he's just like a very horny uh, sexual guy. Yeah, <laughs> and like. Uh, and that like swagger and charm, I think, actually gets to people. So that doesn't quite but do it do- for me. Maybe he doesn't have that style. in this series. I think. Yeah. Like, no. So they look, make my... him a a he- just hero here. I think the, the, he loses his maybe edge or more more un- anti hero side here. Yeah. And, well, I mean the 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 sexy, charming, horny thing doesn't actually work for me because he's not uh, sexy or charming. <laughs> really to me like i i don't see like i i could be into you know kind of a uh what's the word a lothario a uh a casa not casablanca a uh what's the jesus uh a god people are screaming i have uh, no idea what you're talking about oh my god all right well it's a you know it's a, a name for a guy who likes women and dates a lot of women uh don't oh, mind i have to cut this all right casanova i don't Casanova, oh. Jesus, thank you, <laughs> Casablanca. I was like, that's not right. I know that, that was incredible. <laughs> like, I, I, ser- I knew that wasn't right. You said I Casablanca, right so word. I was looking for a movie in my head. No, it was a- <laughs> thank you, a Casanova. Um, I-, I I could be into that if like I also felt the like sex appeal. Yeah. From him, but like mostly he's just kind of like a little bit. Uh, so the head sucks on like- for you. Yeah, and like he's not physically attractive. <laughs> no. Right, like he's like. The, the look is not that good so yeah i mean unlike logan right where like 
sometimes I can see the like sex appeal of Logan. Yeah. Like an artist can do something with him where I'm kind of like, oh yeah, like you you know that all that all that chest hair and you know the like yeah. that like raw masculinity can like exude that sexuality, and you can see why like Jean Grey would be into it. Um, I, I just haven't had that yeah. with him yet. It's so crazy to me that Gamut was almost played by Channing Tatum of all people. <laughs> I mean, that would bring the, like, sexual energy. Yeah, you know? I know. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, that's not sure. the character I mean, we've read of and... so far. <laughs> yeah, God, I'd love to see him do that accent. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- this miniseries, is, it's written by uh, Howard Mackey and pencils by Lee Weeks. Uh, yeah, I quite like the pencils here. Yeah. Um, I think, oh, and uh, an ink by Klaus Janssen, yeah. colors by Steve uh, Buccoletto. And, uh, yeah, Lee, Lee Weeks is doing a good job. It's, it's like, scratchy and dirty, like, intentionally so, but not... Like, we get that sometimes, and sometimes it just means makes the page look cluttered and, yeah. like, hard to parse. And it does a good job of making this seem, like, a little grimy, but not incomprehensible. So, um, yeah, I, I like the art. Howard Mackey has a big career at Marvel in the 90s. He did, um, like, he did the Ghost Rider comics that we already read in 1992. Yeah. He's the one who, like created the Danny Ketch Ghost Rider, and he's going to be doing Spider-Man, like, all through the 90s. Oh, okay. Like, he does, um, I think it's Web of Spider-Man he does from, um, I, I can't remember. He, he's doing that in 1992, he started, and then, like, yeah, he's, he's doing Spider-Man throughout the 90s, and he picks it up in, like, he takes over Amazing Spider-Man in 1999 when it reboots. Okay. So, like, I think he's mostly known for his Spider-Man work. Um, this is okay. I, I... I, I think my main issue is not actually with Gambit the character. It's the world they're building around him here. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm having a hard time finding interesting. Like this Thieves Guild, Assassin's Guild thing that he's in the middle of. That these two guilds and they have this like truce where a they have woman elixir. named Kandra. Yeah, they, yeah so it's linked Kandra to the externals, which we've seen Gideon was in like some X-Force stuff. Uh, and Kendra is also an eternal, I think. An external? Oh, is 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 that what this is? Because I was like, I have no context for this. It seems like it. They're trying to say something. Yeah, I guess it's from an yeah, X so Factor the, thing. The the externals are okay. basically like immortal mutants that have been linked to Apocalypse, but like so far they're mm. basically some kind of weird mutants that uh, have been teased here and there in uh, in X Men, X Force, and all that uh, comics. So yeah, it's it's okay. linking it's linking a new words uh, for gambits that's not that interesting to on its own and adding the externals in doesn't make it more interesting i think no it makes it more confusing because yeah. the, the big issue with this is that you have it's four issues here but you never really get a full clear idea of the overall like picture of the tension between these two guilds and the like the overall stakes for remy yeah. in the middle of it right like you have the stake of his wife is comatose he finds out that his wife who he thought was dead He's actually alive, and he needs to get this elixir to heal her. So, like, that's kind of cl- a clear running thing throughout. Yeah. But, like, the the elixir, literally, I'm very often confused to even who has it in the moment or what, like, what it's doing something to people. Some people, you find out two-thirds of the way through that, like, they take this every seven years, but it, like, rapidly ages some people instead of giving them a mortal life. Or his, his like, brother has this thing, and he's, like, he's all messed up by it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I think the, 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 like, the two the, the two sides like the the two guilds aren't that well separated. Like sometimes it was hard for me to keep track of who was on which guild. Yeah, well, totally because they don't. They also don't do a good job of like it, it's weirdly 
too much exposition. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, we're constantly getting exposition about what all this is, but it also doesn't clearly exposit this world. So, like, you're still, like, two or three issues into this four-issue miniseries, and you're like, I still don't really know. Yeah, cause, like, like I, I was is here. almost like, a, thinking, it, like, is, it, is that an actual uh, Louisiana thing that there's... <laughs> There's a legend about two guilds that I'm supposed to know about. I don't think so. Not that, <laughs> not that I know. Of. Um, yeah. So like, I, I think, and then it's also like, I'm just not that interested in it. I mean, maybe yeah. it could be interesting if they sold it in kind of way that had like stakes for me. But like, the stakes are just so unclear that it just feels like it's just moving pieces around and like filling out. You know, to, to the the worst thing I can say, it's just filling out the Wikipedia yeah. page. Um, because I, I actually read a r- review for this. And this person was, like, going on about, like, it's this epic story of, uh, you know, struggle between these two ancient factions and Gambit needs to make these tough choices. It's it's ripped straight from the pages of Shakespeare. If you took out the mutant <laughs> stuff, it would be, this would be, you know, ripe for a theatrical reimagining because, you know, it's right up there with Shakespeare's greatest works. Uh, and I was yes. like, Shakespeare, mon ami. Yeah, but, <laughs> like, <laughs> right, like, a- execution matters, right? Like, yeah. the... the <laughs> like it's not just that because this this comic is just constantly telling you that there's a lot of tension and drama and history to these characters but like you never get to feel any of that right like i yeah at least no. i didn't like i i felt the closest thing to anything that i like felt for characters in this is a little bit between remy and rogue um yeah. Like, their romance is a little interesting to me. And, like, just that tension of Rogue's whole thing of, like, she's in love, but she can't touch somebody. Yeah, like, and honestly, it had, it's made me wish that I had read a, a miniseries about Rogue instead. Because well, she's the more up. interesting uh, character. Sh- <laughs> well, sadly, I looked up, I was like, is this ever coming back? Is this Thieves Guild, Kandra thing ever happening I know again? it came back in, like, was- 2019 Excalibur, but I don't know if there's stuff in between. Well, yeah, so I was just, like, Googling it, and yes, it comes back uh, in a Rogue miniseries in 1995. Okay. <laughs> it's just, like, these characters again. <laughs> this, like, Kandra yeah, yeah. woman again, the external, in a in a Rogue miniseries next year, um, which I don't... Well, we can wait for that. Saying. Are we reading that? No, we're not reading it. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, I, I kind of, I'm, like, I'm vaguely interested in their romance. I kind of like the two of them. Uh, I, I liked Rogue's thing here of, like, she was left alone with gambit's comatose wife (laughs) who she feels this jealousy for in the moment of her like taking off her glove to maybe want to touch her and like take some of her memories just to see what she experienced with gambit right and like being able to dip her toes in that i think that was kind of an interesting character moment and then it like was cheesy because she decides not to but then the the comatose woman grabs her arm anyway so yeah um that kind of felt contrived but yeah like that that stuff works okay for me but yeah all the stuff with the thieves guild and the assassin's guild just does absolutely nothing yeah nothing for me yeah i'm i'm very curious to to know why people love gamut so much like if it if it's just that he's only i I get it i mean i don't get it but i can respect it but like if it's stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah right right if it's stuff about like his backstory and his whole his whole thing yeah i don't know yeah, no, I agree. That that stuff's inexplicable yeah. to me. But if it's just like, yeah, he's got a fun, he's got a fun personality. Yeah. Okay, I, I could, I could kind of see that. Yeah, I mean, and it didn't help that I had already watched the '90s animated series episode that was um, adapted from this, and it's it it was boring the first time. It was even more so the second time. Really? Okay. 
<laughs> that that's funny. It it does this exact story in the X Men. Basically, I, I think it's it's makes it uh, like it's more streamlined. I don't think Gideon is in it. Like it's only Kendra as the the antagonist. Uh, like it's not it's the really exact funny. same story, <laughs> but it has most of the same general ideas and characters. Hmm. Yeah. Huh, okay. Well, I don't really want to watch that either. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Not the best. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh one, one more thing. Um, his his wife here, who, like, who eventually wakes up from the coma and then, like, very conveniently doesn't remember him, so he gets to walk away from his old life and still, you know, pursue Rogue. Well, because... Um, was it because Rogue stole her memories or was it just convenience? Oh, that's interesting. No, I, I, I wasn't clear that, on that. Maybe. Hmm. See, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think it's in the comics. So. Uh, yeah, well, that, that's that's uh, huh. Yeah, I, I just assumed it was something to do with whatever magic nonsense is yeah. happening. She, with this she's uh, collecting memories like uh, the Infinity Stones now. She she has Kev- Captain Marvel's <laughs> memories. She has Gambit's oh. wife's memories. God, it's like that ultimate, those terrible ultimate comic that we read, where it was like Nick Fury slept with literally every one of them. <laughs> women exactly. of my life except that it's rogue going around and like stealing <laughs> every memory from every ex-girlfriend uh, yeah I will. um yeah so uh oh i want to point out um i think it's very funny that his his ex-wife here her name is belladonna which just means beautiful woman in uh in italian <laughs> like it, it's such a weird lazy <laughs> naming convention because it also just sounds i'm sure that it sounds absurd to uh Italians. it would just be like um, so why doesn't like she have France, a French name? You well, that's a good point too, right? Because that, that's not how you say "beautiful woman" in France, right? But it would be like if I, you know, wrote a, a French character and it just had her be like "Je m'appelle beautiful woman," <laughs> <laughs> and just like it would sound just First as ridiculous. Name beautiful, to last name years. woman. Right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, Marvel Comics presents. This is this is the interesting stuff. Um, yeah. To me, at least, this was these were the two interesting comics and uh, pretty noteworthy for a few things. One, Anna Senti's back, which is very cool. Um, not that she's been gone; I think she's been doing on and off Marvel yeah. comic stuff like this whole time. But like, I don't think she's been a regular on a series. She's been doing these. No, she definitely hasn't I had like think. a run. I don't think since then. Yeah, I, I don't know if she ever does again either, which is you know yeah. like, what a shame god just to just to rant about this my my favorite my favorite thing to fuss about <laughs> um marvel unlimited like the last two weeks has been fleshing out early 90s daredevil comics yeah but like the gg chichester run and whoever came after that guy and i'm just like and Senti's run is still unfinished please god it's so it is, good it's crazy it's yeah. no and, and it's mostly crazy because it's like people talk about it like yeah people write about Anna Senti's run like it's notable it's got john Romita jr on it like it, it it's not like a nothing of a run in like no offense to gg chichester or the the guy whose name i can't even remember who comes after <laughs> no him. offense to that but guy. like and, and i know i know that some people yeah no offense <laughs> to nameless uh writer um i, I just saw it once and i, I can't remember it yeah. off the top of my head but um like I, I i've seen some people like the gg chichester stuff somewhat but like that other one like people don't talk about it they're not that like noteworthy now so it's just it's very strange yeah. what they choose to focus on I, I would actually love to get a peek behind like the process of like what the metric is for the the order in which they release these it's it's so strange dc too because dc I'm, I'm working on my dc year currently yeah and filling out stuff there and it's so strange the stuff that like they have and that they don't have and what they end up filling out it's like mm. the entire like 
60s of Superman comics are just basically missing. But then they're filling in, like, every issue of a Spectre series from, like, the mid-80s or something. You know, like, it, it, it's very odd. Anyway, um, and Ascenti's back. This is Marvel Comic Presents. It's kind of like a Marvel fanfare. It's just a place to do, like, short stories, you know, small arcs of whatever comics they want to fit in. They, they've done Excalibur. They've done Wolverine. Certainly, they've done a ton of other other stuff. Um, I mean, they, this is they a... did uh, <laughs> the was it Weapon X, like the Barry Smith, Barry Windsor Smith uh, Wolverine origin was mm. in Marvel Comics. Oh Presents, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, that was that was part of this. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good good memory. Um, I had forgotten about that. This is called Marvel Comics Presents Wolverine Daredevil Vengeance Typhoid, <laughs> <laughs> which is um, a little confusing. Yeah to me also the, this ghost rider is called vengeance it's a different ghost rider that i don't know anything i have about. no idea what's going um, on with, with ghost rider i haven't yeah i mean he basically functions as a normal catch. yeah I'm, i'm looking it up he like he premiered in 1992 in ghost rider 21 he's he's a new ghost rider i, oh. I don't know his deal but he, he if you know who ghost rider is it's more or less the same yeah <laughs> it works fine here somehow um, more 90s in this story Yeah, yeah, he's you know, he's got. Uh, I don't even know how you make Ghost Rider like more 90s. <laughs> I guess he's he's more chrome, right? His motorcycle is literally all chrome. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's all like it's all made of Colossus's and his name is um, Vengeance arms and legs. Yeah, yeah, his name is Vengeance. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's he's, he's kind of cool though. I'm looking at him right now. He's a little he's a little cool. Uh, yeah, he's pretty cool. Okay, I like him. Um, <laughs> the uh, th this is these are Typhoid Mary issues yeah she is the um the center of this mary walker and the the arc here is that like she has a third personality emerging um called bloody mary who is specifically kind of like a a like a spirit of vengeance for women against like male violence right yeah. i think that's kind of she, a fair appraisal she's the main character in promising young women i think Well, if the main character in Promising Young Women did more than, like, scold the men. <laughs> Don't get me started on a stupid movie. We're just like, yeah, you uh, you want, a, like, a movie in the tradition of rape revenge films? You know, where, like, men, women reclaim their power? But, God. Did, did you watch that movie? Yeah, I have. Horrif but, like, horrifying the way that that's just, like... Uh, I don't. I don't want to spoil it for people, but instead of you know, like reasserting a woman's power through like the very classic genre of rape revenge, which is you know, like taking your power through like violence, right? Often, you know, yeah. the, the ending of that movie is oh, just awful, like just terrible, terrible. <laughs> um. Okay. Anyway, yes. If if that movie, you know, if she walked in and started, you know, like smashing their faces and breaking their arms yeah. in the exact same way they punished women, um. And uh, the, I, like, it's really mostly about that. There's a little bit too much happening on the outside of, like, there's a character called Steel Raven who really doesn't need to be here. No. Daredevil and Wolverine and Vengeance even, like, I'm not even really convinced they need to be here. Right? No, It and, like, I was about like to say to it's to have their names on the title, but the, the title is Marvel Comics Presents. Like, that's, mm -hmm. you can just yeah. have it be Typhoid Movie. Typhoid Mary is fine. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few little, like, I don't mind, like, Wolverine being the one to, like, let her free, right? Yeah, he I breaks, think one um, would be fine. I don't know what Daredevil yeah. is doing here. I don't know what Ghost Rider is yeah, doing here. Yeah, especially Daredevil. Wolverine would have been enough. Yeah, because, like, the Ghost Rider thing is, like, so so Logan breaks her out of the psychiatric hospital where she's also being abused by her doctor. Yeah. 
And uh, because they need to go rescue another mutant named Jesse, Jesse Drake, yeah. who's a empath. Um, and like the, the, I think the mutants want her, right? The X-Men. I mean, yeah, it's basically like Professor X wants to help her like with her powers, I guess. And he knows she's being, uh, I mean, basically abused as far as we know, or at least uh, imprisoned. Yeah, in, uh, yeah. In at this a... place called the Fortress. Yeah. 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 Which is like some gov- black ops government, um, yeah. you know op site um but he he wants uh typhoid mary's help and so he like logan gets typhoid mary out of this hospital brings her with she you know like unleashes typhoid mary and then while in the hospital bloody mary comes out she like takes jesse out but then bloody mary comes out this new personality and uh and it's you know she starts like wreaking vengeance on well i guess (laughs) they go to a women's shelter right (laughs) this is god there's a lot going on in this yeah um I will say... I mean, honestly, I kind of skimmed through the, like, Vengeance and Daredevil stuff. I was... And and also Mm, Silver Raven. I was mostly focused on what was happening with Typhoid Mary, uh, Jesse, and Mm -hmm. maybe Wolverine. But, like, the rest of it, I didn't care for. Yeah, I I, I guess I understand that. I I really like this comic, and it's not perfect. There's definitely some, like, stuff that could get trimmed out. But, like, the art by Steve Lytell, he's also one of the co-writers on the first issue. Yeah. The art by him specifically, and then the second issue by Fred Harper, but mostly Steve Lytle. Um, I, I really, really no, like. Yeah, the art is and, really uh, and, and and then Anna Senti's writing is just so like, like she just writes characters who like their voices, like have like they feel like people to me, even when they're kind of like giving these big lofty speeches in a way that like seems so easy for her, and you can just see how difficult it is for everybody else <laughs> when they yeah. try to write a character who's like giving a speech about, you know, their their quest for vengeance. Mm. Like, it just doesn't hit. And with her, I, I always just, like, I feel like she hones in on these characters. And maybe it's just she takes her characters really seriously. So, like, they, they feel very, um, you know, like, fleshed out and real and grounded. Yeah. So um, even when their their dramas are bigger than life, I still, like, get pretty invested in them. Um, th- I agree, though. Like, Daredevil and Vengeance are... <laughs> it- it's an excuse for, like, Ghost Rider and Wolverine yeah. to have a fight on the background of this. Yeah. Um, okay, so Mary takes Jesse to a women's shelter where she finds out that Jesse, to her, is a boy and has been tricking her, right? And she, at this point, is so, like, anti-male. She's very, like, <laughs> mad at the patriarchy and mad at male violence, and she's just like really, really angry at men. Um, so she lashes out at Jesse for this, you know, like deceit, as she thinks, you know, as yeah. she's framing it. Um, so yeah, so I mean, you know, do you, do you have thoughts about this? Uh, I, I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, this this is definitely like Andesenti bringing in a trans character for certain. Yeah, I mean, right? the way yeah, it's the it's Jesse later. It's the first trans character in Marvel comics, and I think big two comics in general. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. I mean. It's it feels like uh, a, a comic about a trans character written by a cis woman in the nineties, like with the flows that come with that. I th- it's still better than you could have feared uh, it to be. Like uh, no, I I think the the main problems with it will be like yeah the the violence uh, that is uh, inflicted from uh, Mary towards Jesse that isn't really addressed because Mary is still, uh, in the end, the, the main character. 
Like, when they have a scene after that uh, where they meet again, uh, like, there's no apologies from Mary or anything. It's just Jesse explaining that she's uh, she's a trans woman, basically, and explaining that she's, uh, she's a girl. Um, and, like, there's no apology mm-hmm. from Mary or anything. It's like just like, oh, okay. And now she takes her in. But, like, yeah, the, the violence inflicted towards uh, Jesse isn't addressed at all. I think that's that would be the main problem with it. And then also you have, like, the vocabulary to to talk about uh, trans uh, people have cha- has changed since the 90s. So there's stuff with that that um, like has maybe aged poorly. Um, but yeah, I think sure, the yeah. main thing is like the framing and the fact like in the end she uh, Jesse is still a secondary character in the story. And like I'm th- I oh yeah, think I mean, she has her, less screen that, time like, than Wolverine or Daredevil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she is not the the focus yeah. here um, at all. But you know, like I I still kind of felt like. There, it is. It's interesting and kind of valuable to be framing at the end here. Like it is clearly Mary is wrong. Yeah. To be lashing out at her like this, you know. Like I, I think the comic frames it as like she is, you know, clearly wrong, and that she is, you know, like absolutely overreacting uh, when when she lashes out at Jesse, and then when they come back together, it is it is just like clearly laid out like no, like Jesse's a girl. Yeah. Right. Like you're missing the point, typhoid. <laughs> like. She's just a girl. And then Typhoid Mary accepts that and they like, you know, move on together as women, right? Like together to address, you know, male violence. Yeah. Right? But like, like they also um, move on to get back to the focus being Typhoid. Like it feels a bit mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe rushed or at least like I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's also like just disappointing that you you can't have a comic that's just about the trans character as the main character. Um and maybe like so Oh yeah, I that. mean that's <laughs> Like who? Who? Kn- I mean, d- does Marvel do that now in twenty twenty one? Nope. Right? Like, nope. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if Marvel has done that. Period. Right? Like, um. So you know, yeah. That, that, I mean, that that's certainly disappointing, but it's also not surprising yeah. in any way because it's thirty full years later, and Marvel still hasn't done that. They, and um, they still haven't so done like, that with Jesse because, yeah, like, Jesse has three appearances in Marvel which is those two issues mm-hmm. and like three page in the last year's uh, Marvel Marvel presents uh, Marvel's voices pride pride it's yeah. Marvel voices pride yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where like, her and like black cat go to burn down this um facility together yeah exactly um the the fortress where she's kept it's like this yeah, is, it's, i mean it's I, all the more I, disappointing that uh current day is like the era to have all mutants together and like the one trans mutant isn't allowed uh, <laughs> in the 10, 20 uh, X-Men comics that are going on uh, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, I mean, that's, it's almost a little surprising. Yeah. You know, like I'm not surprised that they haven't given her like a spotlight or a trans character like a spotlight in their own series, but yeah. it is a little surprising that they haven't like integrated them in more. I, I mean, like for me, you know, this is my, my, perspective as this guy like i'm kind of just like oh well like it, it's it's nice to see a trans character here that is not brutalized or the butt of jokes or you know like like more or less like the, there is there is the misgendering here and the violence but yeah. it is like kind of addressed here and i think there's some like real empathy for jesse and like her entire character is not just being trans like I, I do appreciate that. Like she's yeah. not just like, oh, who's Jesse Drake? Oh, she's just trans. It's like no, like she's an empath first. That's like her big thing, and then like it is almost like an afterthought that she is trans. The uh, yeah, the, I, I will say. I mean that the dialogue from that uh, the woman who like outs her <laughs> is pretty rough. Um, yeah, 
That, uh, like, I think that, there that stuff, there but... is like the way the violence is addressed is a bit AK too because the um, visually I think this the scene is still framed as Mary and um, Jesse both being victims of the situation. Like Mary is still framed at least visually as being um, a victim of the reveal that uh, Jesse is uh, is trans. Like because because really? the way you, it is, you, okay. I okay. think so. Like visually, the way the way Mary reacts is like she's uh, she's being betrayed, and I don't think the the art or the writing does anything to, on the moment, mm. portray that as uh, Mary being wrong, and because okay. that yeah. that reaction isn't addressed afterwards, like. To me, the the scene where Jesse tells her that she's uh, trans or that she's a she's a girl, uh, like the way it's said in a boy's body, um, mm-hmm. it's yeah. almost framed Which as is a very, Jesse like, apologizing for not having said it sooner. Sure, yeah, I get, I guess I can see that. I didn't see that at the time, but I, yeah. I, I, I can hear, I can hear that. In that, like, you know, I'm in a, a male body is, you know, that is, yeah. that is the way that this was talked about in the '90s for certain. <laughs> you know that that is uh the 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 i mean uh, even from trans people at the time i think that was like the common framing from a lot of trans people overall i i Um, liked the comic i think like maybe my opinion on it is slightly soured by the fact that i know this character does not have a future in marvel and trans characters mm -hmm. in general don't either uh like i'd be i'd be more excited if i could look forward to having this character stick around in the 90s and like become something um yeah 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 yeah, i agree yeah yeah it's really uh kind of a wasteland out there at least in popular media you know i mean that's the the thing you have to you have to not rely on mainstream media to (laughs) to give you anything nourishing here because you know it's antithetical to these big money making operations to want to like challenge the status quo really in any challenging way and trans people challenge people (laughs) you know like it's it's uh, an upsetting reality but uh, that that stuff is, um, yeah. Well, I will say, you know, the the, the comic that does this in the '90s, okay, is uh, Sandman. Have you ever read the the Sandman with the um, the trans woman? Oh, I haven't. Uh, I haven't read it. Yeah. There, there's a there's a whole arc in there. Um, it's like the third or fourth arc where okay. like one of the the secondary characters is a trans woman. Um, and it's like it, it definitely is like this is '90s. It's being written by Neil Gaiman, a cis guy. Like he doesn't get it perfect, yeah. but he definitely like like she's she's a big character. Her transness is a big part of her existence. It is addressed a lot. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's actually like pretty good for the time. And it's basically the only actual representation going on in the 90s, at least in, like, you know, big two comics. Um, So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I definitely can see all that with with Jesse. Because Jesse, you know, like, it's it's an interesting... It's almost like a footnote to this comic, you know, that, like, was the first trans character here. Because it's really, like... It is really, like, eight panels talking about it. And then, whatever, like, 60 pages of, like, Typhoid Mary's thing. Because this is really about Typhoid Mary and... Jesse is kind of a secondary, if not a tertiary character Yeah, in the whole thing. So, yeah, yeah, it would be nice. Uh, it would be interesting because uh, if nothing else, it's interesting, right? Like <laughs> the trans existence is an interesting existence. It's uh, you know, why not talk about that? Yeah. Um, it's like one of the most like annoying parts of it is just like diversity in comics is like good for representation's sake, but it's also good because you can tell interesting stories because people have 
varied, interesting lives. Um, yeah, because like, even the, like there are a few trans characters in more modern uh, Marvel comics, but even then, they're always secondary characters, and like often their um, their identity as trans people mm-hmm. or non-binary people is. Um, sometimes just uh, like something that's revealed by the creator on Twitter or like that's slightly oh, right, teased yeah, but boy, never yeah. like actually addressed in the comic. Um, right, so it, I mean, and, and no no like shade against um, what, like Erica Henderson or who's, I can't remember the uh, the other one on Squirrel Girl. Like no shade against yeah. them for trying to like sneak stuff in but like that's not like, as I would say, like nourishing. <laughs> right, yeah. like for for uh, trans people to read Koi Boy and be like, yeah, I guess if I squint it in the background, like I can find out that this person is trans, right? Because it doesn't fully like address any kind of lived reality. Yeah, because I, um, I think the two foremost examples of uh, like trans characters that are actually characters and their tra- their identity as trans people is part of their character and addressed is um, a mm-hmm. character called Charlene McGowan, uh, created by Al Ewing in Immo- Immortal Hulk. And uh, also mm-hmm. Ke- Kieran yeah. Gillen, uh, did a character called Sarah in um, Angela comics, like linked to Thor and uh, all that in, uh, in modern years. But uh, mm. yeah, it's uh, outside of that, and, and they're still secondary characters. Uh, outside of that, it's kind of a, of a wasteland. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Well, uh, Rose, Rose tells me um, that in, uh, what show is it? Uh, Supergirl, Arrow, I think. In Supergirl, Supergirl. there's um, a, yeah. yeah. There's a um, Nicole Maines played plays a character called Dreamer, yeah, which is like the first trans woman, mm-hmm. um, like actress and uh, superhero on television. Yeah, and she tells me that like it is not just kind of like yeah, we cast a trans woman and you know, no, no, yeah, I, like I, I love it's that like character. Part of she, her, her character, yeah. Her scenes on the show are, are really good. She's also awesome. Do you know she's from uh, like? Um, she she went to school and like fought the main supreme judicial court. Yeah, uh, brought a court case uh, like her bathroom rights uh, when she was in school. Okay, when she was in like fifth grade in the the town that I went to college in. Okay, um, in or- Orono, Maine. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, I think she's from New York originally, but she moved to Maine when she was a kid. So, um, she uh, yeah, and she like fought a court case to get rights to go to use the correct bathroom, uh, which is very cool. Damn. Okay. Yeah, 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 she, yeah, she rules. Um, oh, yeah, and then uh, my, my favorite, like, small trans character in a big T comic is James Tynan in Detective Comics created Victoria October, yeah. <laughs> um, who sadly disappeared as soon as his run was done, uh, who is a secondary character. She's like yeah. a um, like a forensic, uh, I can't remember, uh, like a physician or a, I, I can't remember. She's like their science person in the chair, kind of. Um, but I do really love like Victoria October, and someone even comments on how like cool that name is. Yeah, <laughs> and, like she talks about like gi- giving herself like when she's gonna give herself her new name. Like, why not make it awesome? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is such a cool name. Yeah, I um, hope that doesn't keep happening. Okay, well, the, the other thing that I do want to talk about because I do as think soon as uh, as the the initial comics they appear in uh, are over. Like, I hope Charlie McGowan and Sarah and uh, like yeah. those characters from uh, more modern comics don't disappear in the in the next few years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it you know, it, it just depends on who they get in yeah. <laughs> to do the do the the writing. Um, like, good thing Al Ewing is like the biggest star of Marvel. I feel like he can. Yeah, he. You know, maybe... but, I mean, yeah, he created. And um, also, like in the the current line of um, X Men comics, uh, Vida Ayala, who is a, a non-binary writer, is writing New Mutants mm. and has like four, or five uh, trans and non-binary characters in there. Like that aren't 
really okay. part of the main cast, but like, it's uh, it's still something, you know. And and not to you know like th- this isn't a solution to Marvel or let Marvel or DC off the hook, but like, if you scratch the surface a little bit to like find comics that are not big two, there's yeah. plenty of like pretty good trans representation. Like I yeah. just reread um, the first arc of Kim and Kim, which is a uh, very good, and one yeah. of the Kims is a trans woman, and uh, it's very much part of her identity, and it's like it's written by a trans woman. Um, and, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a good comic. Um, so it, it's out there if you dig around for it, but you know, it's still disappointing that it can't be as mainstream as, yeah. as we'd like. Um, so the, the thing I do want to talk about also with Marvel comic presents before we wrap this up, um, cause I think it is actually more the focus here. Um, I, I really like, I like Typhoid Mary's, uh, quest for vengeance. I think it works well. I think Anne Nascenti doesn't do the both sides thing weirdly. Like I think mostly it lands that like typhoid mary is kind of or bloody mary is mostly in the right here to like punish these men who have you know abused women and she does it with like almost a little wink and a sense of humor like there's a lightness to it she does the frank miller talking heads thing on tv where like a male and a female uh news anchors are talking about it and like the male one is just being like well you better watch out there fellas and she'd be like the female anchor's like, well, only if you've done something wrong. How do you treat your wife? Yeah, Bill? exactly. <laughs> and then, like, he gets quiet. Um, <clears throat> that kind of stuff, I mean, like... Yes, but, like, it's it's also weird because some other characters that you're supposed to sympathize with are treating it like she's going around and just murdering every every man she 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 meets. Le- like, like who? Wolverine, especially. And, like, Wolverine has a Wol- whole... Wolverine, mm. Wolverine tries to, like, thinks about stopping her, but he also, at one point, is just like, although it seems like the people that she's uh, punishing deserve it, maybe I shouldn't stop her. Yeah, uh, but he, he's also he like, like, he's also like, uh, you're wrong about this being uh, a men versus women thing, and it's only a class thing, and it's like, <laughs> it's, he has a weird, uh, like, just statement at, at some point that's... Uh, yeah, it, it, it's true. I, I read that, like... I didn't read that as damning her, right? I read that as, like, not every character is speaking the theme of the book out loud. Uh, I, I didn't get that as Logan being, like, the voice of the reader being, like, she's wrong and this is why, you I know? Mean, like yes, but, like, he's all... And, and he offense, has half a point, he's right? He's often I, I actually, supposed to be, like, the, the philosophical uh, voice of reason, I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, like, I, I read that as a challenge that is not entirely... Like, I think there's some credence to what he's saying. You know, like, I, I think, like, class is an important distinction, like, part of the patriarchy. I don't think that's, like, something to be ignored. Uh, and I think ignoring that is, uh, you know, like, is somewhat missing a part of a wider tapestry. So, like, I, I I think he's got a point, even though he might not be, like, yeah. seeing the full I mean, picture, I guess, you know? Like, I guess, like, the, I don't know, I, the I like, problem is more, I just like, like her it's a very group. surface level comments. That's, like, yeah, you can interpret it in, like both completely opposite ways so that was a weird inclusion i think uh, more than anything mm. yeah i i don't know i um I, I i think like i i kind of based on everything we've read in daredevil i think i give anna sent yeah, no. credit that like she she's not just saying like and then here's the actual thing that we believe right yeah. here's the real truth you know i i think it is you know having an actual like argument inside the comic and it is not coming down on any nice, easy truth. Because I also don't think it's necessarily being like, hell yeah, t- Bloody Mary, good stuff. Like every man, you know, like this, this is a problem that will be solved by just breaking arms and smashing faces. Um, 
so like I, I think she's just exploring it in kind of an interesting way, at least to me. It didn't it didn't feel like it was doing the both sides thing at the end, at least at least to me. Um, yeah. But uh, what, what I do want to talk about, uh, the, the larger thing, is that uh, Mary's... I, I don't know. I don't know how much we've talked about this in the past, and maybe we have, and I just forgot it, but like her dissociative identity disorder. Yeah. Right, which is barely talked about as such. Um, I, I just think it's it's an interesting thing to use because it's a thing that real people experience right and like and i i can fully understand someone who actually like suffers from this uh i don't know if i want to even say suffer but like someone who has this uh like uh this diagnosis whatever um like i i'm really interested to hear what they like they would say but like same my my perspective on it is that like (laughs) it, it is it is so much less about the actual like saying like yes this is multiple personality disorder and this is what it's like to live with multiple personality disorder etc and more like it's just such an easy strong analogy for people dealing with like struggling with different parts of themselves mm. right because like it, it and and i get being like annoyed and offended and frustrated that like my real thing the real thing that I have to deal with in my life <laughs> that is a real part of my, you know, like mental chemistry is being used as a analogy for, you know, like exploring the the human experience. Yeah. And um, it's also that, that it's almost exclusively used uh, that way, at least in, in mainstream media, uh, like like superhero comics. Sure, yeah. Like it's, yeah, very, it's very used few. as a part of a character's superpowers. Like just look at the Hulk. Um, and uh, yeah, and totally. you you never have a, a character that just has DID. It's always like links. And, to and their I think the only thing I've ever seen, the only thing I've ever seen that like actually explores what it is like to live with DID on a daily basis is the United States of Tara, right? That um, mm. the show was on like Showtime or whatever with Tony Collette, which is actually about that and not about some kind of like she's a spy, but also she's a, a housewife, yeah. you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but like at the same time, I I. I just see it as, like... Uh, because, like, Antisenti, I don't think, is actually interested in exploring, like, the day-to-day reality of DID. It, like, is almost an afterthought, because I think she's just interested in exploring Mary as a character of someone who is, like, a woman being pulled in many directions by the the way that, like, she needs to live in, you know, the 80s and 90s, right? Where, like, they, they talk about... uh like typhoid mary is being this like over sexualized character who's just playing into like patriarchal beliefs of you know like liberating women but that's actually just another way to control women and you know get sex from them but also that's a really messed up idea like she's just living in this dissonance of what it is to be a woman where like they they even literally say here um someone tells her something about like you know like you'll come on to me and uh, like basically uh yes yeah, women like you will like come on to me and then if i say no like you'll just accuse me of rape right like <laughs> like just someone even the doctor i think makes explicit the idea of yeah. you know like um that this like you know you're either a saint or a slut and there's no like in between and you know you're either a, or a prude or a slut right like and like trying to live in that um that like horrible middle space <laughs> and like live with those realities that like the patriarchal society puts people in. I think like that's the reason Mary exists. I think that's the thing that she's trying to explore with that. Um, 
and, and I, I can kind of sympathize with someone who's like, yeah, well, she doesn't need to use a real life thing to get to that. Yeah, and I think um, like, like my problem with it is that disorder? if you want to use it, like you shouldn't use it just because it's useful to you. Like if you're going to have a character with DAD, you should at least have the care of like trying to understand how it works and having it be an actual like have it work in the same way it works in real life and not be just a another superpower, which is more the way it's treated here, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess like I am sympathetic to that to some degree, but like part, part of me thinks that like if DID didn't exist as a real thing, right? Like if we lived in a world where like that is not a real psychological disorder, right? Like our brains couldn't mess up in that way <laughs> and, uh, you know, give you like dissociative identities that like literature would still do this. <laughs> like literature, literature would still make this up because it's so like such a strong, yeah. potent uh, analogy for like the way that people live with so many like selves inside of them. Um, so like, it, it's like, it's hard for me to want to like toss this entirely. Um, I mean, like, but, like also maybe part time, of it like, is it... that I have a 2021, uh, 2022 now, a uh, view of what the idea is, which was probably very different mm, in totally. 1994. Um, totally. I mean, yeah, in, in the 90s, I'm sure it was, it's all just, you know, like that awful movie Identity where it's just yeah. like you have literally eight different human beings inside of you. They're all, I mean, Grant Morrison does this with Doom Patrol, right? Um, yeah. I can't remember her name. Uh, Crazy Jane. But there's the... Yeah, right. Who has, you know, thousands of personalities and they all hang yeah. out together inside. And, <laughs> right, right. Just look at, um, at Legion, who has several different personalities because of his autism. Mm -hmm. What? Sure, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Okay, well, yeah. See, because then I have a little less sympathy for that, I guess, because that just seems stupid. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. like, it's stupid and it also, like, doesn't serve any kind of, like, higher literary yeah. purpose, I guess. But, you know, like, I'm saying this, but at the same time, if a character, like was exploring uh, the way that, like, it, like if there was a character who was exploring the way that, like, men are pigeonholed into being hyper-masculine through a character that was transgender, right, and using all the trappings of being trans when that's not really what being trans is, mm -hmm. like, I guess I would have less sympathy for that. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm probably being very, like, hypocritical about what I choose and to... And I also think, um, like, you yeah, can but... have both. You can have it be a, a metaphor and a strong like have a strong meaning behind it and be careful about it i think that's what al ewing sure. did with the model hulk like treating it mm. as an actual did and having it have mm, meaning yeah. behind it yeah 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 and uh, i'm curious to see what like people think about if if we have any you know listeners with yeah. did who like have feedback about typhoid mayor i'm really curious to see like does typhoid mayor read as just someone kind of using the trappings of you know, the pop culture idea of what DID is mm. for their own purposes? Or does it seem like it, you know... I mean, it's obviously super heightened, right? Like, she lights men on fire yeah. with her thoughts. <laughs> um, you know, it's obviously not going to be super realistic, but I am uh, I am curious to hear, um, hear about that more. Yeah. I do love... God, there's some really cool panels here I want to point out where uh, she's thinking about, like... I think the moment where she breaks free is that she's thinking about... Or that Bloody Mary breaks free. Mm she's thinking about the moments that she had with all these men and it's like her on the verge of killing daredevil in those like incredible daredevil issues and then her lighting wolverine on fire <laughs> and like wolverine torched in front of her and then this close-up of her lips and ghost rider's lips and ghost rider's flesh is like yeah. literally peeling off of his face like onto her lips like it's 
stretching out from his face onto her lips. It's just horrifying. Like, oh, I loved, I loved this art. Um, it's also really funny because Steve Lytle, 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 I'm, I'm not positive. I went to look up and like, he does work now in the 90s and then basically doesn't do anything until the mid 2000s where he does the superior foes of Spider-Man. Okay. Which is a very, cl- <laughs> it's like a very clean, colorful comic. Yeah. It's really funny because it's so different from this. Um, and uh, it's an entirely different style, but. Okay. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. I'm really glad this was on Marvel Unlimited because it wasn't when Dave yeah. initially put it on the list. And I think it just got added because even as far as a couple months ago, um, it wasn't here. So I'm glad people can. Yeah, I, I wrote like a uh, part of a um, uh, reading order for CBH about like trans characters at Marvel. And at the time, it was a few months ago. And at the time, it wasn't uh, yet on, uh, on Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm glad they put that on there. Oh, I sponsored that reading yeah, list. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot all about that. I'm glad uh, I'm glad that trickled down to you getting paid to, yeah. <laughs> to write something. <laughs> yeah, I did that for uh, for Matt, or uh, one of our Slack members, yeah. who, uh, who wanted to see that. So. All right, uh, I think that's going to do it. That was a, that was a fun episode. Thanks, yeah. Charlotte. Uh, I, I like, if you want to like read more about uh, Jesse Drake, uh, I'd recommend a... Um, uh, something that uh, Danny, um, yeah, Danny Kinney wrote for Shelf Dust. Uh, it's something called Marvel Presents One Hundred and Fifty Proves That Jesse Drake Is the Best Mutant, and so it's a write-up about Jesse Drake and uh, like analysis of how trans uh, identities are treated in these comics. Uh, it's a really mm. interesting write-up, so I recommend uh, reading that. Cool, cool, yeah, definitely go, definitely go check that out. Um, okay, anything else before we wrap up? No, it's cool for me. All right, so ne- next week we have uh, Incredible Hulk, some nice. more Peter David stuff. Well, you were it you weren't on nice. this ish episode, right? We already mm. recorded this. Yeah, you weren't you weren't there. It's just David. Oh yeah, the, the Rick Jones bachelor party. Yeah, no, I wasn't on this one. <sighs> okay, well, just just a little sneak preview. It's Rick Jones bachelor party. I loved these issues. Ooh, with Rick Jones. interesting. Uh, really good, really good Rick Jones content. Okay, I was really into it. Does Finally, he die? Like, Rick Jones stuff. <laughs> no, no, and it's. He he's 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 good in them okay. and these comics I I loved these comics this is this is really good um, and then some Iron Man <laughs> okay here's the thing I remember reading these Incredible Hulk this is like three four weeks ago yeah it says Incredible Hulk uh, it was Rick Jones Bachelor Party which uh, I really liked it says we're reading Iron Man three hundred two to three hundred five Venom Cap in the Hulkbuster armor yeah I don't remember that at <laughs> all so that really speaks to how and much then how good it is. and then four Force works, which I also don't. I, I I remember reading them, but I couldn't tell you what happens yeah. in any of these, so that doesn't bode that well. But Incredible Hulk rules, and I'm excited. And then the week after that, it's the Dean's list. We're getting to the Dean's list, Ooh. so I think about ten comics that I picked out specifically for uh, to add to the My Marvelous Year list. And I'm excited to read all these again because I, I chose these like six months ago. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna revisit these. Uh, yeah, so that that's uh, that's what's coming up, and uh, oh man, we have a packed 1994. Um, we're reading Cosmic Powers, which is a Thanos-ish thing, and some the the end of Starlin's run. Yeah, on, the on uh, Warlock. Warlock Infinity Watch. Mm-hmm. We're reading a, a, a X Men um, series called Yeah, which I don't know much about, but I think I like Phalanx. Is it Phalanx? No, who am I? Th- oh no, I like uh, Warlock Nimrod. Oh, I, no, Nimrod. No, <laughs> I have no idea who, what or who Phalanx is, so never mind. Okay. <laughs> um, and then finally, to end off the year, we're reading Spider-Man Clone Saga, Whew. which uh, I don't even know if we're reading the whole thing or just half of it in 94 and then, like, continuing in 95. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think I think Dave has a pretty pared down list yeah. for 1994. We've got about <laughs> about like 14 issues, which is still quite a bit. But um, I think he's paring it down to the essentials because it's a lot. Yeah, um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to to get to all that. Yeah, I'm I'm very and, curious about the Clone Saga because I've heard so much about it and read so little. So I'm very one of curious. Our, one of our Slack members read the whole thing. Um, yeah. And he, uh, I mean, he didn't like it. <laughs> he didn't have a good time, but like, yeah, he said there was like definitely it. some really interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, you know what comes in 1995? Not to like get too ahead of ourselves. No, yeah. what comes in... Two things in 1995. That I'm sounds very like the beginning about. of a bad joke. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, Age of Apocalypse, which Woo! Dave has been, hu- Dave's been hyping up for yeah. years now. I'm very excited I'm, I'm for very that. excited to get into. And Grant Morrison and Mark Miller collaborate on a comic oh yeah called the, the scroll kill crew which is like i i always knew this was grant morrison i knew they did this but like i had no idea mark miller was involved in like what a weird combination of writers right oh they, they were like very friends and like had a huge collaboration for years really i did not know yeah, that yeah, That's, yeah. what do you know what else they worked on uh I don't know what else they, like, officially worked on together, but, like, I know Miller had a, a hand in, like, at least some ideas in All-Star Superman. Like, a lot of stuff they did in the 90s and early to- 2000s. Like, ideas bounced around between the two of them. I guess they worked on a series called Savior. Okay. Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, they, Mark Miller did some uh, Swamp Thing in 1994 that Grant Morrison, like, co-wrote with him. So I guess okay. they, like hung out together yeah. and wrote stuff together that's so interesting yeah. i think dave I no knows idea. more about me that than uh, more knows more than me about uh morrison and miller's uh, relationship <laughs> and they did judge dread together in like oh, 2013 okay. or no 1993 yeah because i think by 2013 yeah. they weren't uh, like working together anymore yeah the the, the hardcover was together yeah. in 2013 anyway anyway looking looking forward to i mean that's gonna be uh sometime in like march or april or something but yeah uh, looking looking forward to all that lots of comics did you get uh did, like we're, this is the first time we're recording about comics since like early december or something did you get like me and get like hungry to get back into comics um yes until i saw that uh, gambit was on the menu <laughs> yeah even with gambit i was like yeah i'm ex- I, I get a little fatigued sometimes like reading the list i think people can, can sense that sometimes but like it, taking like three or four weeks off really like rejuvenated my uh, my hunger yeah. to like. And read more I, I was excited Marvel to comics. talk about uh, Marvel Comics Presents specifically. I think. Yeah, sure. Uh, if if you you specifically, since you weren't on the episode, yeah, d- don't don't really bother with Iron Man or Force Works. Yeah. But you should read those <laughs> okay. Hulk issues. They're really good. I, I am curious about Force Works. I know some people want it to be in the MCU, like they want that to be a show or a movie in the MCU, and I I do it's not. So understand. weird. It's just like not not. This isn't spoiling anything. It's just the West Coast Avengers yeah. ends, and then they just say, hey, everybody who's in the West Coast Avengers, what if you're in a new team with a different yeah. name? But it's the same team, more <laughs> or less. And this time, it's it's mean. <laughs> like, it's gritty this time. It's very, very yeah. strange. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear. Every dollar helps, uh, helps the show grow. We've got lots of... Um, goals for the future that we're, we're hoping to hit we're going to be doing a rpg like a superhero rpg show with yes. me and dave and charlotte very That's excited about that, that that goal we're we're hovering around so excited about that we're going to be doing like 
um, I think kind of to replace the Ultimate Show, we'll be doing an Invincible miniseries, going through the entire Invincible series, which would be good because it's like one of Dave's favorite comics of all time and one that I'm kind of <laughs> pretty skeptical on. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how you feel about it. Have you read it? I, I read like the first few volumes years ago and then nothing. And then I watched the, the first season of the Amazon show. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. And then uh, eventually we've got a huge goal in the distance of my DC year, which I'm in the, uh, the midst of writing yeah. that list, having a ton of fun working on DC. If uh, Also, I guess it's kind of like a secret Patreon goal, but if you give the $5, $5 a month Slack membership, in the Slack uh, I have the list to my like um or the link to my like rough draft of my dc year which is complete all the way from i think 1941 all the way up to 1971 at this point so uh if anyone wanted to get an early sneak preview yeah just in case you want to like uh start reading early so because i know some people years and years early i mean you know (laughs) some people are starting in the 60s right now in marvel so yeah by the sure. time we yeah, get yeah, yeah. to start my DC, maybe we'll uh, we'll catch uh, up uh, to people's reading. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Or or if you're already a big DC head and you're like, I want a hand in forming this list. Yeah, show you know, co- come into the Slack and leave me some suggestions because uh, <laughs> I'm piecing it together as someone who doesn't know DC that well and I'm learning on my own. Um, so you know, I, I'd love I'd love suggestions. Uh, yeah. Or um, and then reviews on Apple Podcast and Spotify are appreciated. Music is by Disasterpiece, as always, and I think that's gonna do it. Uh, we will see you next year. See you next year. Bye.